We're going to have some fun today. Urban Meyer, Dan Mullen, whose seat is hotter? It is Florida versus Vanderbilt by the numbers. And we'll get another update on some Florida Gators in the NFL, including Kadarius Tony's breakout game and which former Gator is on pace for an almost 1,000-yard season. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts, and of course, also on YouTube. Happy Wednesday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. We're going to get right into it today. Urban Meyer or Dan Mullen, both, well, Urban's a former Gator coach. Dan Mullen's also a former Gator coach, but the current Gator coach. So fun stuff there. But uh, both have fans clamoring for their jobs. And I mean, some fans are just ridiculous at this point but urban meyer 0 and 4 to start the year his first year with the jacksonville jaguars the bar video came out i'm sure most of you have seen it if you haven't yet um i don't want to feed too much into that part of it but urban meyer of course after the loss last thursday stayed in ohio went to his bar um and there was video footage of him with a younger woman who's not his wife, of course. Uh, and his response statement was a joke, if we're going to be honest. But, you know, us Gators fans, we know that Urban Meyer response statements are going to be jokes. Uh, and here's the thing that's really kind of putting a nail in a coffin for him, even though it's very early in his tenure still. But players reportedly laughed at his apology once he left the room, he canceled the team meeting on Monday, um, which was also something that has been reportedly pissed off. Uh, Jaguars players, he didn't address the team as a whole. He went to position groups individually and addressed them in that way. And yes, reportedly, once he left the room, they thought it was hysterical and they started laughing at him. So, you know, he's totally got the locker room behind him right now. And then Dan Mullen is currently three and two so far this season. It is his fourth season with the Florida Gators, an SEC championship appearance last year, and then a blowout in the bowl game was just atrocious to Oklahoma. Um, Look, when it comes down to it, both of these coaches have a reputation that's Generally, not positive, I'll say. Uh, Urban Meyer, of course, has the reputation of bringing in like college recruits who are, uh, you know, not great character guys. He's also not a great character guy, reportedly, and not even reportedly. I don't have to say that. We know the people that he's had on his staff before. We know his practices before uh, while being the coach of Florida and Ohio State. Similar issues there. Uh, and Dan Mullen is, he he's kind of hated for doing goofy things and being a little arrogant, doing his little TikTok dances every now and then with recruits. And it's like, I, I have no problem with that. Um, I'm very much just like, you know what? Like, if you're not hurting anybody, then so be it. But they both have their reputation um, where they're not super liked people. Uh, Dan Mullen, especially, is a guy where it's like, 
Well, we like him while he's winning, but once he starts losing, we hate him. Urban Meyer is the type where we like him while he's winning because he keeps winning. We're going to just completely look the other way as to what's going on. Uh, and then once he leaves, we're going to talk a lot of trash about him. So that's what's up with both of them, that they're not really either particularly liked. I will say Dan Mullen right now, um, he's refusing to take responsibility for this Kentucky game. He's refusing to acknowledge that he was straight up out coached. He was, I don't care how many yards you had. They had more points. They won the damn game. You got out coached. It's as simple as that. And even just look at the false starts. That's your fault. You're the head coach. You are supposed to be the discipline of this team. You did not discipline your team enough. And they had a bajillion penalties on Saturday night. Um, but I will say that I, I, not going to say who told me this, but uh, on Sunday, the Gators were supposed to have off. That was announced to the team before the game on Saturday. They lost the game on Saturday and uh, things changed. They no longer had off Sunday. And, you know, Dan Mullen's been telling people, you know, channel your frustration and use it as motivation. But I mean, it, it, it's at a point where we're not like they were not frustrated with the team in general. We're frustrated with Dan Mullen specifically also because it seems like he can get the most out of nothing and then get the least out of a very talented team at this point. Uh, I will say Urban Meyer's seat should absolutely be hotter. Um, however, there's more leeway in the NFL in the sense where, you know, if Dan Mullen loses another two or three games this year, we're going to have a totally different conversation. The tune will change dramatically because at that point it's, well, what are you even here for? Because now the, the previous excuse, you know, his first couple years when he lost games was, well, he's not playing with his guys. He's playing with guys that Jim McElwain brought in. Uh, then that that's his team right now. They're not Dan Mullen's guys. Now we're looking at Dan Mullen's guys and Dan Mullen's team underperforming, uh, in, or at least to my expectations and the expectations of many Gators fans because, look, a lot of us, myself not included, I had very high hopes for this team, but a lot of Gators fans are saying, well, realistically, uh, the SEC championship was not super likely, but something that we were hoping for and things like that. But uh, we're not even going to get that at this point, because like I mentioned on yesterday's show, Georgia would have to lose twice, including once to us. And Kentucky would have to lose three games over the course of the year. And Florida would have to win out. So it's almost definitely not happening. There's less than a 1% chance right now that Florida makes the SEC championship game. So I mean, it, it, it's like, what, what, what's up now? What, what is your excuse now? Because you have your guys. You have the guys recruited for your system, for your team, for your play style, and it's still not working out. So what, what are we? what's the excuse going to be now? Uh, that you were an out coach, so then what? You're passing the buck to your players? Is that what's happening? Because if you weren't out coached, then they were outplayed. And granted, they were outplayed. Kentucky played one of the best games of the year that, they'll, that they've played and probably that they will play this year. But... Point remains, uh, you were outcoached. I don't give a damn about the yards. So what? Um, they they were better than you on Saturday night. It's as simple as that. Anyone else make money this weekend? Because I know I did not at all. Like, it was really bad. Um, everybody knows. I use Bet Online because it's the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Obviously, 
Florida losing through, like I said, a whole lot of wrenches into my game plan that I couldn't dodge, duck, dip, dive, or dodge. It was just terrible. Uh, you know, they didn't cover the they didn't cover the spread. They obviously didn't hit money line. They didn't hit forty. So they just took my whole parlay and went and just destroyed everything about it. Bet Online covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can think of. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports experts. Make sure to use promo code locked on. That is L O C K E D, no space O N. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now we're going to take a look at some Florida versus Vandy numbers for this weekend, including the bet online numbers. And then we're going to take a look at some trends from the all-time record, kind of just mashing together uh, what I did last week with Kentucky to make it a uh, more compact segment. Uh, the spread right now is Florida minus 39. I am going to tell you right now, I'm almost definitely not taking that. And it has nothing to do with Florida being who they are. Um, the money line, there is no money line on spreads that big using bet online for damn good reason. The over under is 58 and a half. Um, here's where I'm going to go with it. Just, just, just hear me out here. Uh, spread, I'm not taking Florida. I'm almost definitely not taking Florida because I almost never take a spread that is over 30 points because 30 points is a lot. At this point, Florida's projected to win by five touchdowns. Okay, that's a lot. Kentucky, I'm, <laughs> Kentucky. Vanderbilt sucks. There we go. Sorry, Kentucky's still living in my head run free for now. But Vanderbilt sucks. I think we can win by five touchdowns, but at this point, 39 is five touchdowns and two field goals at that point if we want to cover. I don't know if we can do that, but also, and don't get me wrong, I, I'm I'm still taking Florida to score over 40. I think that's happening. Um, I am taking the over as well because I think that we will put up points. I think that Florida is going to have a pretty damn good offensive game. However, Florida's defense, and we know Florida's defense, um, they've, they've struggled quite a bit. So I'm thinking that, you know, maybe Florida scores 50 and Vanderbilt scores 14, 17, something like that, where we're not covering the spread at that point. That's my concern that this defense, we can expect them to give up at least one huge play every week for a touchdown, specifically in the first quarter, in the first half of the first quarter. So that, that's why I'd say I'm not taking... Florida spread most likely. Uh, knowing me, we get to Saturday morning. Um, I will take the Florida spread. Just, just that's how I do it because I, I hate myself sometimes. Um, I can't bet money line, and I gotta bet on the Gator game. But and I don't like betting against them in anything. So I might take the, I might take their spread, but not put it in my parlay. That's probably gonna be my plan. I'll put the over under in my parlay. That's gonna be it. Because yeah, I think that we're gonna put up points, but I don't. I genuinely. Just don't think that Florida is going to win this game by 40. Um, that's just not likely. That's not something we've been able to do consistently. Look at South Florida and Florida Atlantic. We were supposed to win those games by like 20 to 24. Um, we didn't cover the spread. So yeah, I'm I'm certainly not uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly not taking that one. Now looking at it, I think Florida is 
two and three against the spread this year. Uh, pretty sure that's where we're at. So that's yeah, yeah, two and three against the spread. That sucks. Wow. Um, sorry. Uh, the all-time record for Florida versus Vanderbilt. Florida is up in the series, forty-two to ten. Another SEC series where we have a massive lead here. Uh, Florida's currently riding a seven-game win streak. Florida and Vanderbilt have been playing since I, I tweeted this out, by the way, and I told people like I was like, hey. We're going to take a look at some more numbers. It's going to be a little bit fun here. We're going to have some fun with it. Uh, so Florida and Vanderbilt have been playing since 1945, not annually. Uh, annually started in 1992. So they played a couple years here and there, took a break, a couple years here and there, took a break, things like that. Um, just typical college scheduling. And Vanderbilt's largest margin of victory, 20 to 0. That was in 1946. So... Second meeting that these teams have had Vanderbilt won 20 to zero. The first meeting Vanderbilt won seven to nothing. Fun fact. Um, and you know, that's, that's not a big margin of victory, especially when you look at Florida's largest margin of victory, which came in 2001, Florida won by a margin of 58 points, a 71 to 13 blowout, which is great to see. And then we're going to take a look at the win streaks Real quick, where we've got Vanderbilt's longest win streak, three games. The first three games. Then Vanderbilt won two more in 1952 and 1955. There were no games in between, so that is a two-game win streak. Since then, Vanderbilt has not won two consecutive games against Florida. Since then. That is, by the way, that is, oh my God, that is almost... 70 years at this point. So it's, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, that that's hmm, poor Vandy. Now we're going to get blown out for sure. Uh, Florida's longest win streak was from 1989 to 2012. It was a 22 game win streak. And I know that's not how math works, but Florida and Vanderbilt did not play in 1990 or 1991 again, because the annual games started in 1992. So Yes, still a 22-game win streak over those 24 seasons. Uh, but Vanderbilt, they're looking rough this year. Uh, they've been looking rough for the past couple of years. It's kind of sad, honestly. And I'm not even saying that as like talking trash. Like genuinely, it, it's kind of sad that they've just been decimated and then decimated and decimated and decimated. It, it, it's been rough for them. Um, but I'm also at the point where like I don't feel bad because, you know, they play Florida. So, so I, I'm cool with it. If, it, if it's a uh, cupcake, I'm sorry, I'm looking for what to knock on. If it's a cupcake SEC team, uh, I have to knock on wood because you know how I, uh, how I jinx pretty much everything. Um, thanks, Kentucky. Now you, you've shot my confidence and everything. But, you know, this game is, again, it, it looks like it's going to be a blowout. It looks like that at this point. But I don't know if this offense will outscore Vanderbilt by 40 because our defense is bound to give up at least one big play touchdown. It just happens every time. It's probably going to be a kick return at this point with how putrid Vanderbilt has been offensively. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. And I know you will too. Prospects offers every sport you can think of. NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, and MMA, and more, baby. Prospects offers more college football props than anywhere else. And it's already incredibly difficult to find college football props. Like it, it, It's kind of insane. They have props on anywhere from power five stars 
to mid-major no-names to the casual fans that you may have never even heard of. PrizePix offers mixed sport entries, so you can go with the over on LeBron points and the under on Mahomes rushing yards. Screw it. Why not? In the same entry. Don't hesitate. Check out prizefix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And I don't know about you guys, but football season's here. I'm constantly eating because I'm constantly snacking when I watch games and I try to watch games every night they're on. And in the beginning of November, we are going to have seven nights a week of football once Maction gets started. So I'm going to be snacking a lot and I've committed to eating Built Bar as my snack instead of other sugar-filled snacks or even salty-filled snacks. Like it's just like Cheez-Its are the bane of my existence at this point. Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. If you're trying to eat clean, but you've got a sweet tooth like me, that is no longer a problem. Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy Built Bar if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, one five to get 15% off of your next order at builtbar.com. Now we're going to wrap up by taking a look at what I spoke about last week, which is Gators in the NFL. We're going to give a little update on some of them because it's really fun to talk about some things. Like I mentioned, we're going to talk about Kadarius Tony's breakout. We're going to talk about which Florida Gator, I almost said the name and spoiled it, which Florida Gator is on pace for almost a thousand yards this year. Kyle Pitts is the first one we're going to talk about this past week. He had a season high nine targets the second highest uh, catches he's had in a game with four catches, the second most yards he's had in a game with 50 yards. Kyle Pitts is still trying to figure out a way to get involved in this offense because this offensive line is killing them right now. We've got just penalties throughout, pressures given up. It ain't pretty. They can barely run the ball to the point where teams know that they're going to throw the ball. thus making it even more difficult. Uh, plus Cordero Patterson just annihilated. Thank you, because I have you on my fantasy team, and I won the game by three, even with his insane game. So thanks, Cordero. Appreciate it. And Kyle Pitts is still trying to figure out a way here. He's playing out wide in the slot, in line, all over the place. Kadarius Tony, breakout alert, baby. From weeks one through three, Kadarius Tony had four catches for just 14 yards, and that is pitiful. I believe he also had like 20 yards after the catch because his average depth of target was behind the line of scrimmage. So that was disgusting. Week four against the Saints, Sterling Shepard was injured for the New York Giants. So Kadarius Tony got to start as the slot receiver. That was awesome because he had six catches for 78 yards, including five first downs and a couple highlight plays because Kadarius Tony did Kadarius Tony things and forced five missed tackles in that game against the Saints because he is a freak of nature and he's awesome. And Sterling Shepard possibly won't be playing again this week. So if you can pick Kadarius Tony up in your fantasy league, I highly recommend doing it, especially if you haven't been dynasty, but if you haven't been dynasty, he's probably already gone. Next up is Marco Wilson. Um, he really struggled on Sunday. And here's the thing, Marco Wilson, I spoke about this uh, with locked on Cardinals before the season, right after the draft, actually uh, with Marco Wilson, what his expectations should be. And I said, the biggest thing with him, do not apply pressure to him. He's someone who's going to need time to develop because he's got he's his ceiling ridiculously high, his floor ridiculously low. He is such a hit or miss player right now where you've really got to just work on his consistency 
more than anything else, which is usually mental, which is good and bad because some mental things you just can't fix and some you can easily. And he really struggled on Sunday. In 44 snaps, he was targeted nine times, which is kind of a lot. Uh, that's, that's he was targeted every five coverage snaps. Uh, he allowed eight catches for 81 yards and a touchdown, which it's, it's funny looking at this because Marco Wilson had his best game of the year in week one when he was with Julio Jones and Marco Wilson, he didn't, he didn't clamp him, but he kind of, he kind of put the straps on him for a little bit. The guy that scored the touchdown against Marco Wilson this past Sunday, former Florida Gator, Van Jefferson. He's currently a Los, Los Angeles Ram. He was the one that scored the touchdown against Marco Wilson. He had six catches on six targets for 90 yards and a touchdown. Obviously, he had more yards than Marco Wilson gave up because they were not lined up every single play. But Van Jefferson is the Gator that I've been talking about that is on pace for almost 1,000 yards this season. He was a second-round pick last year, and people were like, what the hell are they doing drafting him that early? Well, this year, he's on pace for 55 catches on 77 targets, 961 yards, and nine touchdowns. That is certainly worth a second-round pick, a late second-round pick at that, if you're asking me. Next, we're going to take a look at Alex Anzalone, who's someone that, you know, I've spoken about quite a bit just on social media and on the show, where the first two weeks of the year, three run stops. Of course, a run stop is a tackle for a gain of three or less. Um, so he's he had three run stops in the first two weeks of the year. He was nine for nine when targeted, or well, quarterbacks were nine for nine when targeting guys covered by Alex Anzalone for 105 yards and a touchdown. And that is really bad because that means that Alex Anzalone was on pace to give up almost a thousand receiving yards as a linebacker. That's terrible. The past two weeks, he said seven run stops for three yards or less, which by the way, similar run stops, similar run defense snaps, similar pass coverage snaps. So nothing big change there. It's not like he's played a ton more against the run or a ton less against the pass, but quarterbacks are three for three when targeting him for just 18 yards and no touchdown. So Alex Anzalone seems to be kind of finding his rhythm in Detroit, seems to be finding his role and kind of getting back in space, especially now where the lines are improving week by week, which is promising for them. And Alex Anzalone hopefully can stay healthy and put together a whole season this year. The last Gator to talk about real quick, Carlos Dunlap. He's someone who with the Bengals was dominant for years, but he was a Bengal, so no one gave a rat's beep about him. Now he's a Seahawk, and he's still, I mean, dominant, but he's not playing nearly as much because he's in a rotational role. But he's played 100 pass rushing snaps so far this year, and in those 100 snaps, he's got 11 pressures, meaning Carlos Dunlap is getting pressure on 11% of his pass rushing snaps. This is a fantastic clip, especially for someone who's supposed to be a rotational guy He's kicking beep again. So Carlos Dunlap, not rejuvenating and revitalizing his career, but he is making an impact at a point where, you know, he was kind of written off at one point. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. Tomorrow, you know how it goes. It's prediction time for Florida Vanderbilt. Now make your second listen, Lockdown SEC. Get all of your daily SEC news in less than 30 minutes with SEC expert Chris Gordy of Sports 790. It is free and available on all platforms. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. And you can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W H O L E N I N E Sports. And I will talk to you all tomorrow.